0: Today we resume our study of the revelation of Jesus Christ. We will now progress into and through the final four chapters of the book. I am hopeful, I am prayerful, and I am full of expectation of what we will see, of what we will find in these awesome final chapters of the revelation of Jesus Christ. I have now, and all of a sudden, been preaching for over 18 years. Uh, In these 18 years, as I have preached, and as I have watched, and as I have myself grown, uh, I have come to believe that the greatest thing that I can do as a preacher, the greatest thing that I can do as a pastor is to paint a picture of Jesus using the Word of God. And over these years, as I've preached many sermons, as I've watched the result of that, uh, my conclusion has been Uh, the, The greatest thing that I can do is to paint a picture of Jesus using the word of God. And today, after these 18 years, I believe if people could just see Jesus, if they could just marvel at Jesus, then they would desire to follow him in faith. And I believe that if they could just understand Jesus, they would desire to follow him in faith. And I believe Uh, After these 18 years, if they could just see Jesus, if we could just catch a glimpse of Jesus, that we would desire to walk with him in obedience. We wouldn't have to to wonder if we're going to walk in obedience. If we could see Jesus, I believe our heart's desire would be to walk with Jesus. And I believe our lives would radically change in every part if we could just see Jesus. And I believe that. What makes people committed to the cause of Christ? What is it that brings change in our life? What is it that would make people wanna trust Jesus as their savior? I believe if they could just catch a glimpse of Jesus. Well, friends, in our study of these final four chapters, we're about to see Jesus, I believe, as never before. And I believe that's about to happen. I believe as we march into these final four chapters, of our study, we're about to see Jesus as we've never seen him before. I believe we're about to see Jesus as he is, and I believe we're about to see Jesus as we will soon see him in person. And I'll just tell you, I believe if we would open our ears and if we would be available and we would open our hearts to open our eyes, I believe what we're about to see, what we're gonna travel through will cause us to worship In deep marvel. Let me tell you something. I actually believe that. I believe the verses we're about to pass through. I believe these pictures of Christ that we're about to survey. I believe if we open our ears and we open our hearts and our minds and we see these pictures of Jesus, I believe that we will worship in deep marvel. Listen, I'm ready for that. I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to that. And so today is a big day I'm excited about today. Today we start back Moving through these last four chapters, the first sermon back, Revelation chapter 19, today the first six verses. Revelation chapter 19, the first six verses. Our sermon today is entitled, Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. I'm going to read Revelation chapter 19, verses one through six. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Hallelujah, amen. Beginning in the first verse, chapter 19, God's word says this. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous for he has judged the great harlot, who is corrupting the earth with her immorality, and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And a second time they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down, and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude, and like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During fathers, Father, as we come today, I, I pray, Lord, that you are pleased in our gathering. I pray that you are known in our gathering. I pray that you are exalted in our gathering. Lord, we're thankful that there is coming a day very soon when we will see you and the things that we read about, the things that we hope in will then become sight for us. Lord, we look forward to those days. I I pray, Lord, in this day, in this event, I pray for your people, the church, those redeemed of Christ. I pray, Lord, that we are encouraged in this message and the coming messages. I pray that we are built up in this message, and the coming messages. Lord, I pray that we are equipped to stand until that day when you come and receive your church. Lord, I pray that you would lead many to Christ in the hearing of the gospel. I pray, Lord, that there would be a great impact in this church, in the lives of believers, in the hearing and the picture of Christ that we're about to see. Lord, we trust it to you. We know that you're faithful. We trust it to you. We know that you're gracious and kind. We know that you're desiring that not one should perish. And so, Lord, we lay it out. We ask that you would take this feeble effort, that you would multiply it, that you would bless it, that you would use it. And I pray all of this in the powerful name of the Lamb who was slain and yet lives again. In the name of Jesus, in his name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, very quickly, I'm going to go uh, right back to our verses, and we're going to begin to break down our verses. And so here we go, starting in the 19th chapter, and I'm going to begin by breaking down the first verse. The first verse says this. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. The verse starts off, this first verse starts off, And it says, after these things, after these things. Now, that phrase is referring to the event that has just been described to us really in the 17th and 18th chapter, which is the destruction of Babylon the Great. That is the system of the world that has been set against God, that has been operating against God, that is set against his gospel, In chapter 18, we read that that system and its evil wickedness has been laid waste. That's what we find as we pass through the 18th chapter. And what happens now in the 19th chapter are the following events. And so that has taken place. Babylon the Great, the evil system has fallen. And now the events that we're about to see in the 19th chapter follow that, take place after that. John says, after these things. I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. Listen to that. I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. Now I want you to notice here, it is a single voice. He says, I hear something like a loud voice. It is a single voice, but also notice this. However, it is made up of a great multitude of voices. And so that's kind of a strange thing to think about. Evidently, these voices are in unison, maybe like when we sing a song. And so it is a single voice. It is a single loud voice, but it is made up of a great multitude of voices. I believe these many voices that make up this single loud voice, they are the angelic hosts Now, there are some that would talk about uh, who these voices belong to. I believe these voices belong to the angels of heaven. John tells us here they are saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. And so, I believe that is what is described here after the events of the 18th chapter. Now, moving into the 19th chapter, John hears this loud booming voice made up of a multitude of voices, I believe the angels of heaven, and they are saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. The word hallelujah, we hear that a lot. Uh, We we see that a lot. Uh, I'm not sure we catch the depth of this word. It is an awesome word. The word hallelujah is an awesome word. It is actually an untranslated word Hebrew word, Hallel Yah, Hallel Yah. It literally means. Listen to this. Coming out of the Hebrew, it literally means, and it literally translates, "Praise the Lord." Hallelujah. That's what it means. Praise the Lord. It is used 24 times in the Psalms alone. When we find it, it is a word of celebration. Hallelujah. It is a word of praise. It is a word of worship. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I think it is interesting here. The angelic hosts use this Hebrew word. Now, I thought about that. I passed across that. They could have said praise the Lord. They they could have said it in, in that language. But I think it is interesting. They use the Hebrew word hallelujah. And I think it is telling that this Hebrew word, praise the Lord, is known in its fullest extent in its Christian understanding. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Here it is, the Hebrew word, praise the Lord. And that, that word, hallelujah, I believe is best understood to its fullest extent In its Christian understanding, the Hebrew desire to praise the Lord is realized totally in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that? The, 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 The Hebrew desire to praise the Lord, it is realized fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, understand this. No one can or no one should praise the Lord like people who know Jesus Christ. You understand that, do you believe that? Nobody ought to praise the Lord, nobody ought to be able to praise the Lord like people who know Jesus Christ. And when you know Jesus Christ, that ought to be your natural response. He is my savior, he is my Lord, he is my help, he is my hope, and when you know Jesus Christ, your natural response ought to be hallelujah, praise the Lord. This shout of praise goes on further, says this, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Now I want you to see this. I want to break that down as well. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. The word salvation here, soteria, it means the deliverance from danger Unto safety. And so when someone is saved, that's what the word means. When a person is saved, they are delivered from danger, from peril, and they are delivered to safety. Well, I want you to see this. Salvation only comes from God. Salvation only comes from Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, we might say, well, there might be salvation in a government. There might be salvation in the economic system. There might be salvation in some human relationship. Listen to me. The truth of the gospel is this. There is only salvation in God. There's only salvation in Jesus himself. The reason we praise the Lord is because the Lord God Jesus saves. Do you know that's what the name Jesus means? That's actually what it translates, the Lord saves. And I want to tell you, we can be sure today and we can shout today, salvation belongs to God because Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Goes on and says, glory belongs to God. Glory belongs to God. Now I want you to see this, think about this. We see a mountain somewhere. And we say, oh, isn't that glorious? We travel down to the ocean. We see the, the waves coming in. We see the sunset there on the ocean. We say, oh, isn't that glorious? Or we see some person today and we think they're a big deal. Maybe they're, maybe they're an entertainer. Maybe, maybe they're an athlete. And we see them and we say, oh, we, we, they're, they're worthy of our glory. And we give and we heap glory on them. Listen today. Those things are pitiful compared to the glory of our God. Now I want to tell you, I've seen a mountain and I've seen the sunset over the ocean and those are awesome things, but I want to tell you, those things are are pitiful compared to the glory of our God. Our God is glorious and we can't imagine the glory of God and all glory, the angels say, belong to him. Praise the Lord. All glory belongs to him goes on and it says, and power belongs to him. Now think about that. In our, in our minds, what is powerful? I've never been to Niagara Falls. I, I don't know what it looks like. I see videos of that. It looks pretty amazing. I don't think you could stop it. Can you imagine trying to halt that somehow? That's got to be powerful. Or I've been out somewhere in the middle of the night, bailing, hey, and I see a lightning strike. And it's awesome, and I think, man, that that must be powerful. I go home, and I see the the locomotive train engine, and I see 104 cars loaded up with coal, and I can't even imagine that much weight. I can't imagine how you get that moving along, but that thing gets to churning, and it goes driving right by. Or I watch some video of an atomic bomb as it drops, and it blasts. Oh, man, that must be power. Friends, I, I want you to understand Those things are insignificant, tiny, small compared to the power of our God. He created all things in just a word. Do you understand that? There's nothing that exists those mounds that, there's nothing that coal under those mounds, there's nothing that exists that he did not create. There is nothing that continues to exist that he does not sustain. He holds all of those things in his hands and he is infinite in his power. He is limitless in his power. He's not running out. He's not winding down. This isn't a conclusion because he got tired somehow. All power is held by and belongs To him. And so now, hear the angels of heaven shout out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. I want to show you something right here. We've got time. We just got lunch waiting on us. We got time. I want to show you something right here. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, Verse 11, there's an account there. And in that account, David wants to honor God. He wants a place for God to dwell in the midst of the people. And he is in the process of gathering up the things to build the temple. Now, we know he's not going to build the temple. His son will build the temple. That is his heart's desire. And so he is gathering up the things to build the temple. Now, he has a prayer there recorded in 1 Chronicles 29. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you, verse 11. I'm gonna back up to chapter 10 and read the two verses together. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord God, of Israel our Father forever and ever. Now, here's verse 11. Yours, O Lord, listen to this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness of and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty, indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. I want you to see this, the hopeful prayer of David prayed in faith becomes the resounding song in glory, the praise in glory testifying to the truth of our God. Do you see that? What David was praying for is known here and becomes the resounding praise of glory. Hallelujah, salvation is yours, not anyone else's. Hallelujah, all glory is yours, not do anybody else. Hallelujah, all power is yours. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, before we move, I want you to take note of one thing here. We're going to move on, but I want you to notice something here. Notice the contrast that's happening right here. Now, I think it's very telling of the day we're living in. I think it's very telling of the hearts of men, but I want you to notice something right here. Notice the contrast. Remember, as chapter 18 ends, on earth... What are they doing? They are mourning the fall of Babylon. That's what it says, those those merchants and those kings and those rulers, they are mourning the fall of Babylon. On earth they are lamenting the judgment of God that's been poured out and they weep and they wail and they lament over the judgment of God. But I want you to see the contrast in glory in heaven. They are rejoicing. Chapter 18, verse 20, the angel calls for heaven to rejoice. Babylon has fallen. Oh, heaven, rejoice. And now in the 19th chapter, they are found and they are rejoicing. All right, verse 2. Because his judgments are true and righteous, for he has judged the great harlot who is corrupting the earth with her immorality and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. Verse two is the reason to praise the Lord. Verse one is praise the Lord. Verse two is the reason to praise the Lord. His judgments are true and righteous. He has judged the great harlot who has corrupted the earth, who has sown her immorality and wickedness on the earth, and he has avenged his bondservants. I want you to see this, what that is describing is this event. In this event, God sets all things right. That's what they're celebrating, that's why we say praise the Lord, because all things are set right. I want you to think about this, think about all of the wrongs that have been done to his people. All of those years and all of those folks that were beaten, all of those folks that were beheaded, all of those folks that were cast into prison, all of the persecution of all those years, all of the hatred that they have endured. Remember he said, you do not have to repay evil for evil. Remember, he says that's a hallmark of a follower of Jesus Christ. You do not have to be on a mission of retribution. You don't have to go out and seek to retaliate against those who wrong you. Remember, he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Well, here we find God does repay. And he sets all things right and justice is upheld. And on this event in this day, justice is served. God does judge. But his judgments are not shaped by prejudice. You see, we might say, well, there's some that ought to be judged harsher than others. And for sure, my folks, we ought to get off easier than others. His judgments are not shaped by prejudice, and his judgments are not political in nature. There's no favor that he's trying to give somebody that he might receive something in return. And these judgments, they are righteous, and they are fair, and his judgment is handed out, and his judgment is distributed in perfection because he is perfect. I can't see that and not think about Jesus. He is the righteous judge, and he judges righteously. He is fair, and he's good. That is this picture here. Verse 2 again, because his judgments are true and righteous, for he has judged the great harlot, who is corrupting the earth with her immorality, and has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. All right, verse 3. And a second time they said, Hallelujah! Her smoke rises up forever forever. And ever. One time John hears, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Now there is a second time, and the same multitude yells out. The same multitude sings out, Hallelujah! And now they say, Her smoke rises up forever and ever. As the angelic hosts of heaven look, All that is left is this single column of smoke that rises up and goes into the sky, meeting the horizon. And they look down on this scene, and Babylon the Great has has met its end, has met its fate, and all they can see is this one single column of smoke that rises up. And this column of smoke is a visible monument to the judgment of God. And for all who see it, it stands as a visible monument to the justice that is upheld in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the one that brings justice. He's the one that ushers it in. And so here's this monument and they look and they see it and it stands testifying to the justice that is upheld only in the person of Jesus Christ. And when they see it, they know the destruction is full. And they know it is complete and they know it is finished. And all that remains is this tower of smoke. And so they sing out, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. There are some who say, there's some that debate this, but there's some who say from the language here, this pillar of smoke will stand throughout the thousand year reign, the ages. To the ages. And so there's something to say. This pillar of smoke will last for the, for the thousand year reign of Christ before the establishment of the new earth. With the establishment of the new earth, it'll be done away with. And so for all of those years, for all of those thousands of years, anybody can look and they can see the monument. God's justice has been brought and is upheld in the person of Jesus. And the monument will stand. Verse 4, and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying amen, hallelujah. Let me read that again. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying amen, hallelujah. In verse 4, there is the same chorus, of hallelujah, but now there is another singer. Verse four says, this time it's not the multitude of the angels of heaven, this time it is the 24 elders and the four living creatures and they now join in. And John reports that as they sing out, as they say hallelujah, they fall down, they fall on their faces, and they worship God. Now, I want you to see the picture here. I want you to see what is unfolding here. The scene of worship, if you can imagine this in heaven, it is expanding. The scene of worship that is in heaven, it is growing. First, it was the angels, and they say hallelujah, and a second time hallelujah. Now joining in are the 24 elders and the four living ones, and they are revering God, and they are bowing before God. Can you picture that? They fall down before God. Notice here what they say. They say, amen, hallelujah. This is awesome. They say, amen, hallelujah. Amen is another Hebrew word. We've looked at it on several occasions. It is another Hebrew word, and it translates, it means, so be it, or let it be. Let it be, or so be it. It is found many times in many places in Scripture. Now, I want you to think about this. In this statement, these 24 elders and these four living ones are agreeing as the scene of worship unfolds, as the shouts of praise unfold, they are agreeing this is how it should be. They are surveying the scene and they're saying, this is right, that's what they're testifying to. This is right. They are, now picture this, In deep worship, they're serving the work of Jesus Christ, they're serving the fruit of his work, they're serving the faithfulness of God, and so they start to declare he is God, so praise the Lord. He is worthy, so praise the Lord. He is glorious, so praise the Lord. He is victorious, so praise the Lord. He is the creator, powerful over all things, so praise the Lord. As they see this day, he is the Savior, so praise the Lord. And they're testifying, this is right, and this is fitting. This is our Lord, and this is our God. Praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah, amen. Here's what they're saying. This is what it ought to be. This is how it should be. This is as it should be, hallelujah, amen. Verse 5, and a voice came from the throne saying, give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the great and the small and the great. Let me read that again. And a voice came from the throne saying, give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the great and the small. A voice, it says, comes from the throne. Now, when you look at the message that the voice says, the the thing that the voice speaks, we can discern here it's not God. This is not Jesus speaking. This is not the Father speaking. This is not God. Now, honestly, we're not sure who the voice is. Perhaps it is an angel. Perhaps it is another angel. Perhaps maybe it's one of the four living creatures. We're not sure who the voice is. But the voice from the throne room Gives the call now, give praise to our God. Give praise to our God. All you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. Get this, the angelic multitude has been praising God. They've been shouting out, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. The angelic multitude, they've been praising God. And the elders, they have joined in, the 24 elders, they have joined in, they have fallen on their face and they are praising God. The four living creatures, they have fallen down and they are praising God, hallelujah. And now this is a calling for, listen to me, all believers to praise God. That's what this is, all those that are redeemed in Christ, all of those who have trusted in Jesus join in. Those who are well known and those who are unknown, praise God. Those who are vocal and those who are quiet, praise God. Those who are rich and those who are poor, praise God. Those who are bold and those who are more timid, praise God. All of you saved by the lamb, redeemed in the lamb, give praise to our God. Friends, let me tell you something this morning. If we could just see Jesus today, if we could just put our eyes on Jesus today, I got work and I got bills and I got duties and I got troubles. If we could just lift our eyes up out of that stuff today, if we could just see Jesus, if we just knew Jesus today, if we knew who he was and we know what he's done and we know his character and his love shown to us. Let me tell you something, if we could just see Jesus today, nobody would have to command us to praise him. That's what I believe. If we just understood Jesus today, nobody would have to command us to praise him. It would just come out of us. Let me tell you something else this morning on the authority of God's word. These days are coming. You listen to me. The days we're talking about, listen on the authority of God's word. Those days are coming, brother and sister. You can take it to the bank. Those days are coming. But I want you to hear me this morning. This call, however, can start right now. And I want to tell you those days are coming and I'm going to sing those praises and glory, but I want to tell you something brother, sister, we can be that people right now. Praise the Lord at the grocery store, going up and down the aisles, praise the Lord. When you're stuck in traffic and you're starting to get mad, praise the Lord. When you're sitting on the tractor cussing that it never rains, praise the Lord. When you get a bad diagnosis, I don't know how we're gonna make it. Friend, praise the Lord. When you're with a great multitude in a crowd, praise the Lord. When you're alone in your thoughts somewhere, listen to me friend, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, amen, amen. I want to tell you, friend, that's, that's my goal this year. It is a new year, 2024, and I want to praise the Lord this year. And I, whatever come with what may, I want to be a person you get close to me, and you can't help but say, Oh, he celebrated his Savior Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let me catch my breath. We'll go back to it. Verse 5 again. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. Verse 6, last verse we'll look at today. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude, and like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of many peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. In verse six, there is the fourth cry for the fourth time of hallelujah. Again, it is the great multitude. It's gone back to the angelic host. It is the great multitude. In verse one, it describes the voice as loud. Remember that? Going back there, there is a multitude of voices in one voice and it is a loud voice. Well, now it seems as we reach the sixth verse to have escalated. And now it is described to us not as a loud voice, but as the sound of many waters. That word for many here, it means great in number. It means numerous. If you've ever heard a a rushing river, if you've ever heard a rushing waterfall, this is many rushing waters. This is many numerous waters. Waterfalls. And it says, in addition to that, mighty pills, the word is plural, many pli- pills, mighty pills of thunder. Now, what I want you to understand is this voice is now overpowering. This voice is now overwhelming. It is all-consuming. all consuming. All their voices, all their sounds have now been drowned out. And this is all that you can hear. And it trembles to the foundation of your feet. And the voice says, hallelujah, for the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. And it drowns out all other sounds, hallelujah, for the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. There's so much here in that one verse, so much that we can see there, but I wanna look at two things. I I can go word by word through that. we could be instructed, it's pretty awesome, but I just wanted to pull out two things. First, it says, the Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. Some of you need to hear that today. All of us need to be reminded of that today. Man, what a messed up world we're living in. Man, what uncertain times we're living in. Man, I'm not, I'm not sure what to expect. The Lord Our God, the Almighty, reigns. Friends, that is the truth. Listen to me very closely. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. He has always reigned. Did you know that? There's never been a day he was out of control. He has always reigned. He doesn't stop reigning. He eternally reigns. That is the truth that is rejected by many. That's the truth It's hated by the world. You want to know why the world hates it? It's because they want to reign. The truth is God reigns. That is the truth that has provoked the rebellion of men's heart. Why do men rear up? Why do men rebel? It's because the Lord God reigns and oh, I want to reign. That is the truth that has inspired the jealous wickedness of Satan. He can't deny the Lord God reigns. And that is the truth that the justice and judgment of God carried out for all to witness, that's what we're reading about, will testify. And on that day there's a monument that stands, a pillar of smoke that goes up. And all that day all the wrong things have been set right. And on that day the vengeance of God is poured out on the saints who have suffered. And on that day as this perfect justice rolls out, it will testify and there will be no doubt all will see on that day our God reigns, there's no doubt. You can't deny it any longer. Your heart can't suppress it any longer. Our God reigns. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's one last thing. And I want us to end with this. One last thing. Here's how we're going to end. There is a God Look around, there's a God, and He alone is God, and He is all powerful God, and He is holy God, and all glory is His, all glory belongs to Him. And do not miss this. And we can say He is our God. Don't miss that. It's what the verse says for the Lord our God reigns. Do you know how crazy that is? The creator God of all things, the one that sustains things in his hand, the one that can't tolerate sin, that God, there is one God, and yet somehow it says he is our God. Do you know today he is only our God in his graciousness to us. He is only our God in his provision to us. He didn't have to do that. Get this, and he is only our God through the finished work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to hear me very closely today. We're about to wrap this up. It is only in the person of Jesus Christ that we truly know God. I can look out the mountains. I can see the sunset over the ocean but it's only in the person of Jesus Christ that I can know God. It is only in the person of Jesus that I can be forgiven of my sin, all the terribleness of my sin, the guilt of my sin. It's only in the person of Jesus that I am restored. And it is only in the person and the finished work of our Savior Jesus that we're able to have fellowship with God. Were it not for that, we would stand afar. If it were not for that, we couldn't even look upon him. But in the work of Jesus, we can have union and fellowship with God. Listen to what I'm saying today. All of these verses, all of it is brought to us by Jesus. Listen to me today. It is all about Jesus. He is our God. It is all about Jesus. Do you know Jesus today? And maybe it's time in 2024 to quit pretending. I've skirted around the issue long enough. I've been close, but I haven't ever decided. Do you know Jesus today? Have you seen him today as your Lord, as your Savior, as your only hope? Do you know Jesus today? If you'll turn to him in faith, he'll save you today. He'll redeem you. He'll restore you. He'll set you in fellowship with our holy God. Do you know Jesus, today. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and we praise you. Lord, we look forward to that praise and glory. But Lord, help us start it now. You are my creator right now. You are my sustainer right now. You love me. I have any work or goodness that I possess. I have none. You love me because of your graciousness and your character right now. You have provided a way of relief, a a way of salvation. Salvation alone is in you. In the person of Jesus right now. If I have trusted you, I have right now eternal life. Not waiting for some further event, but I have it in you. Eternal life. And so, Lord, right now, I praise you. And I exalt you, and I worship you, and I say, hallelujah, amen, so be it as as it should be. Praise the Lord. Lord, I pray in this time of invitation for somebody who doesn't know you, I pray in the hearing of the word of God, the gospel of of good news, of a risen Savior, of hope for sinners, today they would turn to you and they would receive you as their Savior in faith. And in doing so, they'd be redeemed. Lord, I pray that any hindrance to that would be removed, and I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, I pray for us who are redeemed here. I pray, Lord, that we would draw closer to you, that we would be a people that in all situations and all things, that we would praise the Lord above all. Help us in that. You are worthy. Lord, I pray that you have spoken. I believe you have. I pray that you continue to speak in this time of invitation. We trust it to you, asking you to move. Asking you to work, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our, t- our, our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I, I want to tell you, as awesome as those verses are, as awesome as that picture of our Savior is, it all comes down to this point. Do you know Jesus? Do you know he's your only hope? Have you trusted him as your Lord and your Savior? I want to tell you the good news is that is offered to you right now. And you may be sitting here saying, well, I've never heard that that's new information today. I want to tell you, it's, it's offered to you in God's grace right now. Maybe you're sitting here and say, I've heard that a hundred times, and I, I did something in fourth grade, and I remember the VBS, but I, I'm not sure that I ever made him my Savior. I'm not understood that I've understood who Christ is as my Savior, my hope. And today, I want to, I want to cement that. I want to claim that today. Maybe that's your response. Maybe you're here and you've trusted Christ, but you've never fallen in believer's baptism. The Bible says it's always by immersion, a picture of what we believe of Christ. He goes in the grave, he comes back out. It's also a testimony to what we believe of Christ, not part of our salvation, but testifying to what we believe of Christ. Maybe you're here to say, you know what, I've trusted Christ, but I've never followed in the biblical model of immersion, after salvation, not part of it. And you want to come, it'll be a great day of celebration, testifying, preaching our Savior, Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it you believe God has led you here. You come and together we'll celebrate Christ. We'll preach his truth till he comes back and gets us. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar today. Maybe you want to come pray with me. The Bible says nothing is too great, nothing is too small. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. If God has spoken to you, as we stand and sing, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here. You come on, I'll meet you here.